When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. I receive a ton of questions pretty much every day from hobbyists around the world that are playing with botanical method aquariums. And I, I love that because it, it shows how many people are engaged in this stuff and how many interesting questions uh, we receive on all different aspects of this stuff. And one of the topics that comes up frequently is... The, a bit about water, water clarity, water color, and it makes me think. Um, we can go in a lot of different directions with this topic, but I get so many questions about it, I figure I might as well address it again. Now, for a lot of reasons, the aquarium hobby has pretty much celebrated crystal clear, colorless water as the standard of excellence for generations. Our colored, often turbid looking water is a stark contrast to what most hobbyists consider acceptable and healthy. We just see colored, slightly turbid water and we think, oh, that shit's dirty. And of course, this is where we need to attempt to separate the two factors. Cloudiness and color are generally separate issues for most hobbyists, but they both seem to cause concern. Cloudiness in particular may be a tip-off to some other issues in the aquarium. And as we all know, cloudiness can usually be caused by one of several factors. You know, improperly clean substrate or decorative materials like, you know, sand, driftwood, etc., which creates a haze of micro-sized dust particles which float in the water column for extended periods of time. Uh, number two could be bacterial blooms, which are typically caused by a heavy bioload in a system not capable of handling it. You know, a new tank with a filter that's not fully established and a full complement of livestock, that kind of thing. The third could be uh, small unicellular algae blooms, which can both cloud and color the water and usually caused by excessive nutrients and too much light for a given aquarium. Um, also, we have, of course, just the old standby, poor husbandry, which results in heavy decomposition of, you know, uneaten food, fish waste, whatever. More bacterial blooms and biological waste affecting water clarity. That is, of course, a rather urgent matter to be attend to, uh, attended to, and there's possible serious consequences to the life in your system in that kind of a scenario. Those are the typical, you know, players in most cloudy water scenarios, Right. Yet in the botanical method aquarium, the very nature of its existence includes stuff like sedimented substrates, decomposing leaf litter, botanicals, and twigs. And, well, if you place a large enough quantity of just about anything that can decompose in water, the potential for cloudy water caused by a bloom of bacteria or even simple dirt just exists. The reality is if you don't add three pounds of botanicals to your 20-gallon tank, you're not likely to see such a bloom. It's about logic, common sense, and going slowly. Yet I, I proffer this, a bit of cloudiness from time to time or even permanently is actually normal in the botanical method aquarium. It just is. It's something that perhaps we don't talk about a lot. We, we feature these sexy photos and you can see there's a little bit of a, a color and maybe some cloudiness, but it's not really discussed a lot. And of course, and it's normal though, but of course what we label as normal in our botanical method aquarium world has always been a bit different from the hobby at large right it's something that we accept as normal but a lot of people freak out about 
in my home aquariums and in many of the really great natural looking botanical or blackwater aquariums I see from other hobbyists, the water's dark and almost turbid or soupy as one of my fellow fish geeks often refers to it as, you might see the faintest hint of stuff in the water, perhaps a bit of fines or particulate from leaves breaking down, some dislodged biofilms, pieces of leaves, etc. Just like in nature, chemically, the water has undetectable nitrate and phosphate or very minimal amounts of these compounds clean by aquarium standards. Sure, by municipal drinking water standards, color and clarity are really important and they can indicate a number of potential issues, but we're not talking about drinking water here, are we? Turbidity. Well, that sounds like something we want to avoid, right? It sounds dangerous. On the other hand, turbidity, and it's typically as it's typically defined, leaves open the possibility that it's not a negative thing. Turbidity is defined as the cloudiness or haziness of a fluid caused by large numbers of individual particles that are generally invisible to the naked eye, similar to smoke in the air. So what am I getting at here? Well, think about a body of water like an agapo off the Rio Negro. The water is, of course, tinted because of the dissolved tannins and humic substances that are present due to decaying botanical materials, soil, and all that stuff. That's different from cloudy or turbid, right? It's a distinction that neophytes to our world should make note of. The rap on blackwater aquariums for some time was that they look dirty. And this was largely based on our bias towards what we're familiar with. And of course, in the wild, there might be some turbidity because of the runoff of soils from the surrounding forest, incompletely decomposed leaves, current, rain, etc., etc., etc. None of the possible causes of turbidity that I just mentioned in these natural water courses represent a threat to the quality per se. Rather, they're the visual sign of an influx of dissolved materials of one sort or another that contribute to the richness of the environment. It's what's normal for this habitat. It's the arena in which we play in our botanical method aquariums as well. You get a lot of stuff decomposing in the water. Mental shift required. Obviously, in the closed environment of an aquarium, stuff dissolving into the water may have significant impact to the, on the overall water quality. Even though it may be normal in a wild blackwater environment to have all those dissolved leaves and botanicals, this could be problematic in the closed confines of an aquarium if nitrate, phosphate, and other DOCs contribute to a higher bioload, bacteria count, etc. Again, though, I think we need to contemplate the difference between water quality as expressed by the measure of compounds like nitrate and phosphate and visual clarity. And curiously enough, the remedy for cloudy water in virtually every situation is very similar. Water chain, you know, exchanges, use of chemical filtration media, you know, carbon and stuff like that, reducing the light in the case of algal blooms, improved husbandry techniques, i.e. better feeding practices, more frequent maintenance, and perhaps most important, the passage of time. So yeah, clarity of the water in our case is usually directly related to the physical dissolution of stuff in the water and is influenced and mitigated by a wide range of factors. And don't forget that the botanical materials will impart, will, excuse me, will impact the um, clarity of the water as they begin to decompose and impart their internal compounds, lignans, tannins, and other stuff from their physical structure into the water, into our, in our aquariums. This happens indefinitely as long as you're using these materials. A lot of botanical method aquariums start out with a little cloudiness. It's often caused by the aforementioned lignin, as well as the bursts of microbial life, which feeds upon the, the stuff and all the constituent components of the botanicals. Once this initial microbial haze phase passes, there are other aspects to the water clarity which will continue to emerge, and I think these aspects are similar to what we observe in nature. 
And in many cases, the water will never be crystal clear in a botanical-influenced aquarium. It'll always have some turbidity, as one of my friends likes to call it. Or actually, what he likes to call it, I'm trying to think about it now, he calls it flavor. So yeah, well, he's got a little bit of flavor. Remember, just because the water in a botanical-influenced aquarium is brownish or even slightly hazy, it doesn't mean that it's of low quality or dirty, as we're inclined to say. It simply means that these materials that we've talked about a million times here are leaching into the water, creating a characteristic color and clarity that some of us geeks find rather attractive. And the cloudiness just comes with the territory. If you're still concerned, monitor the water quality. Perform a nitrate or a phosphate test. Look at the health of your animals. These factors will tell the true story. You need to ask yourself, what's happening in there? I won't disagree that clear water is nice. I like it too. However, I make the case that crystal clear water is A, not always you know, solely indicative of healthy or optimum, and B, not always what fishes encounter in nature. I believe that a lot of what we perceive to be normal in aquarium keeping is based upon artificial standards that we've imposed on ourselves for over a century of modern aquarium keeping. Like everyone expects water to be as clear as color and colorless as air. So any deviation from this norm is cause for concern among many hobbyists. Again, natural aquatic ecosystems typically look nothing like what we'd call a healthy aquarium. Yet many of us don't think about that or even objectively, you know, about what wild aquatic ecosystems actually look like and why they look the way they do. And so we panic and do massive water exchanges. We add carbon or reach for a bottle of something to fix the problem, often creating a bigger and more problematic problem than what we're trying to remedy in the first place. Relax. Even if your cloudiness is caused, but you know, is caused by a bloom of bacteria, perhaps from too much botanical materials being added to the tank too rapidly, or maybe even by overfeeding, it's not a complete disaster if you understand it. Knowing what caused it is half the battle, right? The fixes become obvious. If you're overfeeding, just chill out on the food, right? If you added too much botanical material at one time, stop fucking adding botanicals for a while. You could do some stepped up water exchanges <clears throat> or you can just wait it out <clears throat> Excuse me, and let nature catch up. Oftentimes, it simply takes time for these things to clear up on their own. In my personal aquariums and in many of the really great natural looking black water aquariums, I see the water is definitely colored and that's just the way it works. And that's nature. I think that it's important that we step back and look at what's going on. You know, chemically, in my aquariums, the water typically um, has virtually undetectable nitrate and phosphate levels, which is a solid clean by aquarium standards. But it is soupy looking. Other times it could be crystal clear, but colored. Both are just fine as long as you're paying attention to the fundamentals of water quality. Again, in nature, we see these types of water characteristics in a variety of habitats. While they may not conform to everybody's idea of beauty, there certainly is an elegance, a compelling vibe, and a function to this. Fish don't care that their water's tinted, turbid, and sometimes downright cloudy. As we've discussed a lot lately, I, uh, myself and my colleagues that I work with here at Tannin, we're absolutely obsessed with the natural processes and aesthetics of decomposing materials and sediments in our aquariums. And of course, this comes with the requirement of us to accept some unique aesthetic characteristics, of course. We have, as a community, taken our first tentative footsteps beyond what's been long accepted and understood in the hobby, and we're starting to ask new questions, make new observations, and yeah, even a few discoveries, which will evolve the aquarium hobby in the future. And that means understanding why aquatic habitats look and function the way they do, 
and embracing things in our aquariums, which simply might frighten others. It's definitely a contrarian thought process, at least. Is it rebellious even? I don't know, maybe. I've occasionally had to re-examine my own relationship with my love of unedited nature as it relates to the business side of things here at Tannen. Our original mission was to share our passion for the reality and the function of unedited nature and all of its murky brown fungal patina enhanced glory. And I started to realize that a while back, we were starting to fall dangerously into that noisy, in my opinion, absurd mainstream aquascaping world of aesthetics first. Pressing our dirty faces against the pristine glass, we were sort of outsiders looking in, the awkward, different new kid on the block wanting to play with the others. And then the realization hit again that we never really wanted to play like that. It's not who we are. Fuck that. We're not going to play there. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep doubling down on our dirty, tinted, turbid, decomposing, nature-inspired aquarium world. We're going to convince you, one way or another, that it's totally fine. We all have to have some understanding about what's normal when we try to replicate nature in our tanks in a more literal manner. And the fixes for stuff like cloudiness are often two things, acceptance and the passage of time, core tenets of our botanical method aquarium game, patience, observation, objectivity, mental shifts. Thanks for being a part of this exciting, ever-evolving, tinted world. Stay level-headed, stay creative, stay engaged, stay excited, stay studious, stay rebellious, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tin and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.